from the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Coalfield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Company on a Monday. Ari is here steering the ship. Uh, big week on the way. Big week on the way as we get ready for a big weekend of fighting. And then NBA Summer League hits the ground next week. So we all have the uh, stars of the NBA around the court, the soon to be stars on the court. We're going to get Wemby. So we're going to talk a lot of Victor Webb and Yama today. But we have a special guest in as the company. Ryan McKinnell is back with us. Big Mac from Sirius XM and the Combat Channel. I know you have a bunch of stuff coming up. Uh, with uh, multiple weeks of fighting around Las Vegas. So yes, we'll get sir. to that in a little bit. So what's going on, buddy? Nothing. Did someone uh, call and let Bill in Green Valley know? Does he Is he aware? Ooh. Did we put him on notice that I'm back? Um, was he a hater? Was Bill in Green Valley a hater? I mean, yeah. I mean, left an a indelible mark on my psyche. I mean, I'm bringing it up to kick off the show. So hi, Bill. <laughs> well, can we start over? You did, you did it. No. You, you did it. No. Yep. Stop. Yep. It happens. It happens on live radio. Yep. <laughs> you're you're you lying, though, right? No, you did it. No, come on. You did it, yeah. No, no, hit me, hit me with the punchline. Do it. There's no punchline. No, do it. No, tell me what you And I'm not laughing at this. No. Uh, oh, I am. We wish Bill's wife, Bonnie. Oh, my God. You know what? I hope she's doing well. Okay. Let me just say this. If anyone... Would appreciate, because he knows I'm a just, I yes. mean, even in the afterlife, he knows, yeah, yes. point up to Bill. He knows I'm a moron, right? So what better way what to better kick this way? off than backing myself into a corner in the most embarrassing way possible? Bonnie, I'm sorry. I love Bill. Rest in peace, Bill. <laughs> yeah. We uh, we probably didn't give Bill his just due when he did pass away, so it's good that we got a chance to talk, him, oh, yeah. no, talk about is, him this today. This is a great memorial. Uh, that's, a, that's a move I would make. Oh, yeah? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, okay. No doubt. Well, we were simpatico in that yeah. regard. I mean, I, I had it happen very early in my career where I had some moments where <laughs> I, can I actually— you, I can see it on your I face. Actually, <laughs> I actually told uh, Bobby Bell, an all-time great chief, that Hank Stram had passed away, but he hadn't. <laughs> and Bobby Bell was like, what? I just talked to him yesterday. Oh, and my I was goodness. like, uh, whoa, wait. May, uh, yep. So— um, Deceased or alive is not one of my strengths. We have to look it up all the time in the yeah. show. And no one has any idea on the show. Yeah. So, there you go. Well. I that's why we that's why we brought you back for a day. Yeah, right? To make you look better. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. There's no way anyone could embarrass no, himself Bill, more in the next three hours than what Bill I just Bill in Green did. Valley, who was one of our original P1s going all the way back to 2004 oh, with, with Steven the Sports Pig. Yeah. He did not like you. No. Um, there are a lot of people who don't like you. There are a lot of people who like you. I know uh, <laughs> Rhino, Derek, last week, hearing you for a uh, a double spot in the five o'clock hour was like out of his mind. Yeah, so that's no. good. It, it, in all Why would you it, do radio if people didn't dislike you or like you, and you're just like in the middle and all vanilla? Yeah, no, that would be the let's the win worst. a popularity contest. That would be the worst reality, right? Uh-huh. No, but uh, in all seriousness, it is good to be back and and hanging out with you for the next three hours. And Adam's not here, which is whew, well, we're free to nice do whatever we want. Yeah, there's yeah. No, there's no black cloud over us, right? But we love him. He's uh, he's back in the middle of the week. Uh, his birthday just passed, so he was uh, hanging out in California. Oh, right on! Happy fiftieth, Adam. Yeah. That's awesome. So here's what we got going on. 
this week. I'm not even going to address that. That's that is a good one. Um, so we got all the fights coming up, and the fighting starts this weekend with a smaller card. Then UFC's International Fight Week the week after. The match is back here at Win. That's that golf tournament yep. where they generally had. I think I, I think it was Tiger and Phil for a couple of years, and then they've kind of mixed it up where they've got athletes involved other athletes not to say golfers aren't athletes but now they've got uh, kelsey and mahomes and steph and clay from golden state so i'll just ask you off the bat i know you're not a gigantic golf guy would you watch those guys just for the trash talk element of it yeah i mean i'd be more inclined to watch something like that than like an actual liv or pga tour uh, right. well you know they're the same now I know the yeah, merger. Yeah, the, yeah, Saudi, no. the Saudis decided to buy so, golf. So. Yeah, and, and if they decide to buy anything else, look out because their money is about oh, as long as it gets. Their sports washing yeah. has begun, so yeah. they're going to try to buy into the uh, NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, and the NHL. They should be putting down whatever it is. Uh, I forget how much the Ottawa Senators are going to be at, like one point five billion. Might not be worth it for them <laughs> to get into hockey. We'll see. But if that's the point, right? If they yeah. want to, oh yeah, they, they can. can. UFC, oh. boxing, they've already. Done, I mean. Saudis have gotten in on the boxing uh, element, you know what I'm saying, putting on some larger fights over there. Did uh, Pro wrestling. It wasn't the Saudis, right? It was, or was it? Who was, who bought into Endeavor early? Uh, uh, I believe that was UAE. Okay. Or Dubai. I believe it was Dubai. They sold out, I think? I think they did. I believe so, yeah. The the Flash, I believe, was the conglomerate. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You asked me about golf, though. I'll tell you, in terms of the match, yeah, I would absolutely be more inclined to watch something like that. And... I just saw a clip this weekend. You see Steph, I believe, was out in Tahoe. He hit that rollback shot from like I don't know, it was like 150 oh, yards right. out. He absolutely nailed it. And of oh, he's course, great. and what was great about that is you know the excitement afterwards and kind of like the celebration and gave you know what I'm saying. Like it was just cool to see someone outside of their element. And uh, I think anytime you can bring liveliness and excitement and passion and celebration to golf, I'm all for it. Anytime Big Mac is in, and this happens on Kofi and the company all the time, we kind of we stray because there's a lot we can get into. Because you and I hang every <laughs> once in a while, and the conversations go on for hours. You know, I was just thinking of something that I wanted to hit on the show, but I didn't put in the show notes today. Who was I talking to? It must have been last. No, it was on Saturday. So on Saturday, I'm out at the Stefano's remote. We were at three different Stefano's over the weekend, right? And. A guy came out to me, and he's like, hey, do you know about this Tiger Woods Indoor Golf League with, I think he said, like, you know, he, it was McElroy, but he said someone else, like Kenny McElroy or something. But uh, they have a, they're doing an indoor golf league where they've got small arenas, and I don't, I don't, I read it really quickly. I don't believe, like, they're real holes. I think it's all based on, like, hitting golf balls into the freaking tarps. But this concept is we're going to shrink down a golf course, we're going to have competitions in a small arena, and we're going to play golf, and fans are going to be there, and there's going to be all these cool elements. And I started thinking more and more, if you if you think about it, at least two of the rich person sports, because golf really now has – it went it went from – because of Tiger, I think. It went from an elitist sport mm-hmm. to the average Joe got into it, and then once it got popular, golf courses were like, okay, now we can really make money, so let's just start annihilating people. And that was about when I was done. Like, I, I played golf casually for probably 20 years, and I'm like, at some point, it's just not worth $80, $100, $150 to me. Right. I, I don't have the time, and I don't want to spend that much money, and I'm not good, so I would just get aggravated. <laughs> but think about it. If that indoor golf league takes off, 
We've also got pickleball, which I find fascinating. You know what pickleball is? Uh, yeah, I'm aware. I've I've heard about the the blossoming hobby right? slash sport that is pickleball. I know a few people that play it as well. Like it's legitimately gaining oh, yeah. steam. Yeah. yeah. Well, p- pickleball basically is hey, you know what? We've realized tennis is way too strenuous on most people, and especially folks who are like 50 plus. Sure. So we're going to shrink the court, and we're going to make the ball more of a wiffle ball. <laughs> and they're more like paddles, so the thing's not coming a million miles an hour at you. And now pickleball is taking off. And the Indoor Golf League has the same concept as pickleball. The Pro Pickleball League has celebrity owners. The Pro Indoor Golf League is also going to have celebrity owners. And I saw that Serena and Venus were buying one of the first teams in Tiger's deal. So I wonder, pickleball's working. And I think it's going to work for a long time. I don't know if Indoor Golf... Will, and I might even be off on the, the actual competition. Right. I just know this concept of like, hey, let's shrink everything down, make it for TV, and more of the average Joes can play. And it, you know, it doesn't have to be like the elite of the elite to kick booty. Okay, so here's my initial thought on something like that is you look at like what baseball's done with the pitch clock, right? Which, I mean, it's a polarizing subject. I think uh, I'm in the opinion you're not going to gain new viewers off of it. Baseball isn't a game that you gain viewers. It is the game. It is what we all understand. It's a slower game. Um, it's kind of what it's been for 100 plus years. It's right. just, it is what it is, right? My question or my my initial hesitancy about an indoor you know, golf league, whatever you want to call it, would be, what are we building off of? You're building off of one of the most boring, uptight, ridiculous sports that there is, right? Like, don't yeah. talk in my backswing. Don't whistle. Don't make a comment. Don't. So we're taking this century-old sport that's steeped in, again, all these quote-unquote traditions. I use air quotes, right? And we're going to make it updated for a new generation? I don't know if you can. I'm not saying it's not worth trying. So what would you like to see them do? I, I don't care. Yeah, Golf can but, do but it, but you, that's what you, I'm saying. You're not going you to make a new fan out of me. Maybe you, the, like, maybe yeah. the only thing would be like... <laughs> If you somehow incorporated the ridiculousness of, like, my favorite golfer in the history of golf is Happy Gilmore. Right. Right? So figure it out. There, I don't know if there will be an element like that. I mean, it's reality golf. So yeah. for someone to go out there and, like, swing, like, a you know, Thor's hammer. Sure. And try to hit it 500 yards, that would be kind of cool. But I actually – I think because if you're in an arena, yeah. a small arena – um, my guess is they're going to be pumping music the whole time. So it ain't, you know, your dad's Oh, but what about or, the backswing, Steve? Or, or like what about Reed? the like, backswing? No, hey, the sport is there's yeah. going to be noise. But, you know, you mentioned Tahoe. Tahoe is one of those places yes. because they're like, hey, it's a celebrity event. And on the 17th hole, they usually have a basket there. There are people, you know, out in their boats on the lake just mm-hmm. blasting music. I mean, it's a, a complete S show. And I remember referencing that like five years ago. I'm like, wow, it's amazing that Steph Curry, who's like, you know, a three handicap, can actually concentrate enough that he can hit, uh, you know, a, a 190-yard par three be, onto the green. He can be do still it. my beating heart. He can heart. do it. Yeah. He can do yeah, it. Yeah, right. But uh, whatever his name is, Spieth, he, you know, he's all, go get him. You know, sends over the, because you hear a click on the camera, sends over his caddy to go beat someone up. Yeah. I'm all for a change. Don't get me wrong. And yeah. if that, if an arena, you know, indoor league, whatever the case may be, if that's their idea of, if it's Tiger's idea, whoever, yeah. you know, if it's their idea to bring new fans or to, 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 give a different skew on a game that's been around again for centuries i'm for it have you gone to top golf oh yeah i love top golf okay so they're building another one of those it's not a top golf another one right next to the strat yeah um so i think that'll be a hit so like i would assume this tiger woods thing would be sort of a blend of that that's great that you that i don't know you know during tournaments i don't maybe maybe you can drink i have no idea I don't. I mean, please do. I wonder. Do, in bowling, do every every bowling. So bowling. You know, obviously, there's big money there. But uh, I. I mean, that's that's when I bowl my best. 
When you're drunk? Uh, because I, I, I'm serious, man. <laughs> yeah. I get, I get like. No, we just played pool I, like two weeks ago. I, get, and I know. We, we had a series. I get a couple of beers in, <laughs> and then I stop thinking about. I don't even worry what frame it is. Most of the games I get to the end, and they're like, "Yeah, the game's over," and I'm like, "Okay, cool." Yeah. Like I try, I need to chill because otherwise I think too much. And actually, the the last time I was in a league, probably seven years ago, I had my best average ever for a year for a season. So, case in point, sports are supposed to be fun. Absolutely, it doesn't have to be like this. And that's why the the match is cool yeah. because the match is as much about these guys playing golf as it is talking some trash. And then think about the matchup here. You've got the Chiefs. And Mahomes is an on-field trash talker, not so much off. Right. Kelsey won't shut the blank up. And there's no one more obnoxious than Steph with his shimmies. And Clay Thompson, even uh, in his yes. advanced age, he's cocky. So now you got you have, you have like two of the premier franchises in sports and two of their big stars, so you know they're going to talk, which and, will be entertaining. And the, and, and the venue and the city is conducive to it, right? Like we're in Las Vegas. Yep. They, the, the backdrop, the setting is perfect, right? They've got a few years under their belt. It's building some momentum. They pivoted away. You're right. It was Woods and Mickelson, right, that yeah, first yeah. showdown. And then they. I think Manning was involved. Either way, right. they've built off of that, and they're finding their sweet spot. And listen, when I talk about – Baseball not needing to change. That's just me as an old fan. I'll got my White Sox hat here. I will always be a baseball fan, right? I don't think baseball needed to change as much as maybe some people do. I think we all agree that golf needs to do something, right? The entire brand of golf, the entire sport of golf. I don't know, man. The U.S. Open ratings, even with the Saudis buying all of golf, I was really insulted by that. I wasn't going to watch anyway, but I was like, hey, a little extra motivation not to watch it. (laughs) It did really well. Yeah. The U.S. Open did really well. So it is popular in a certain demo, and maybe they're getting some young viewers too. I don't know. Uh, So Travis Kelsey, back to the original point of the match and the Chiefs against Golden State, Travis Kelsey is or was in Hawaii. He might still be there, but he was playing some golf in some charity deal, and Steve Weitz from the NFL Network came up to him, and they talked about the match coming up at the end of the week, and there's a little Raiders mention at the end. We know when the team, when the lights are on, we got to show out. Okay, so if you got something to say to, to, to Clay and Steph, we know Steph is like a supreme golfer too. Yeah. But what's the message right now? The message right now is, you know what I mean, I, we've never lost in Vegas. You know, they're, they're both uh, on the golf course, we, we won our, uh, as a team, we beat uh, everybody at Justin Timberlake's golf tournament. And then, obviously, the Raiders. You Shots know, fired. Haven't, Shots haven't fired. lost to the Raiders yet. It, well, I don't even want to say yet. We just never lost in Vegas, so, and that's the bottom line. I mean, I would love to defend the Raiders, but I can't. Oh, no, The no. Chiefs are the superior team and the superior organization. <laughs> yeah. There is there is something. It's it's a weird one. There is something to Kelsey there where you're like – and then this goes for Golden State too. And, you know, I'm going to reference Draymond Green, where guys who are really good players and really good at their position and their job are also benefiting massively – from their superstar player who carries the <laughs> from team. Gen- from generational and like, talent. And they're like, <laughs> us. Kel- I mean, Kelsey is, he is a, probably already a top 10 tight end of all time. So he's a great player. He's probably a better overall player in the scheme of things than Draymond. But it does, it always makes me a little uncomfortable when the supporting cast guys, like a really good player, might be the third or fourth best guy. But like in the case of Steph, you're Draymond and Clay, you're playing with the greatest shooter who's ever lived. Long-distance long long shooter yeah. who changed the game. And Patrick Mahomes, from a pure ability standpoint, may be the greatest quarterback ever. And Kelsey's out there like, we've never lost to the Raiders. Like, all right. And he, he and in his defense, he has kicked the living crap out of the Raiders individually. But 
There is no individual in football when you're a pass catcher. Someone's got to get you the ball. Yeah, listen, Kelsey is a generational tight end. I don't think there's any argument about that. He he would probably still be one of the best tight ends in the league without Patrick Mahomes. Uh, that also goes without saying that I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs and Travis Kelsey have rings without Mahomes. And you know the same is said about Steph Curry with the Warriors. As you said, generational player, changed the game, greatest shooter to ever live. And, yeah, I get it. There's a little bit of uh, chutzpah there. And, listen, I it's – it's you, Steve. You love Petty, so uh, I, I expect yes. nothing less from you, my friend. Miss any of the show? We've got you covered. Head to LVSportsNetwork.com and go to podcast to listen to all of your favorite LV Sports Network shows anytime from any place. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, set up another big week here in Las Vegas. Big fight week coming up. Actually, fight weeks. We'll get into that in about 10 minutes uh, and at different parts of the show. But RJ Clifford from SiriusXM is going to join us. He also does a great Raiders podcast, Autumn Windbag. So we'll get into the offseason of the Raiders. We were just talking about a chance to go and boo Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. So annoying, especially Kelsey. Um, if you can get a ticket to the event, it's, uh, it's pretty tight. We gave away some tickets. At least we qualified people for tickets. Last week. So big news uh, yesterday into today, and I don't think anything's done yet. I haven't checked uh, the Twitter machine here, the uh, wire, in like 20 minutes. But it looks like Aiden Hill is seriously considering staying around. And we bandied this topic about last week when you've got Aiden Hill off winning a cup, Laurent Poissois, who was playing really good goal until the middle of the playoffs and especially at the end of the season, made sure they got the number one seed. You know, all Those two guys, it's sort of in front of Logan Thompson, who may have been on his way to a monster season. All of them – Johnny Quick is, you know, available too. He just played with the organization. And then all of them in front of Robin Leonard, who's owed $10.5 million over the next two years, but Ooh. has been hurt. So this is quite the – it's a good problem to have, but it's also a serious quandary. And it looks like hmm, that Aiden Hill could be staying, according to NHL insider Elliot Friedman, two-year deal for near – $10 million, $4.9 million a year. That surprises me a little bit. Let's go back to last week when Willie was talking about this. Uh, you know, what do you do? What do you do with Aiden Hill? What do you do with Brassois? What do you do with a young guy who doesn't make a lot of money in Logan Thompson? Logan Thompson will not be with the Golden Knights. Really? LT's going to go? He's going to go. Get out of here. Here's why. Logan Thompson does not deserve to be anybody's backup. He's proved himself. He finished up the season they didn't get to the playoffs and proved he could be a starter. He started the season. He's their all-star goaltender, Okay. He proved that he's a number one. There's no way he wants to come back next year. He doesn't want to come in and be Aiden Hill's backup. Okay, that one seemed kind of weird to me because Logan Thompson has immense value. But Willie's whole point is take that immense value at the low salary and yep. what he's done to this point, and he could be a really good trade chip, and then you get to keep the Stanley Cup winner and maybe keep Rassois as well. So then Adam Hill reacts to that in the middle of the week, and I ask him, hey, what are the chances here that Aiden Hill at a higher dollar is going to be the guy to stay around? It'd be a miracle if Aiden Hill's on this team. It's a miracle. Okay. <laughs> so Adam said it was next to impossible. Yeah. A miracle. Now, I could just play along and go, Adam's a moron. What a terrible prediction. Now it looks like Aiden Hill is going to sign a deal, but he did follow it up with this. What it will require is Aiden Hill saying, I loved it so much that I'm taking less money to stay here. Like Aiden Hill will get more on the market than the Golden Knights can pay him. Now again, if, if there is something in him that says, I don't care about going to make money. Like, I just want to be on this team. Okay, they can probably work something out. 
So there you go. He kind of nailed it if this is true because in talking to enough NHL people, we thought the market could be somewhere around three or four years on a deal for about five or six mil. So he would be taking a discount. He's still making good money, but it's a short-term contract, so it's kind of the best of both worlds. What do you think should happen with this whole – they've got a lot to work with, so it's not a bad situation. Yeah, I mean, you were there last week, right? <laughs> you were there at the clinching night. You were down at the plaza. That was a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Vegas won it. Yes. <laughs> we're all still kind of like basking in the disbelief of what it's... happened. And the man who, who you know, championed – that run and, and the man who, you know, was left holding the, way, the cup at the end. Sprinkled a little bit on top with his Larry Johnson yeah, jersey. Yeah, that was, that yeah, was a good move. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Popping everybody with the number four UNOV, which was absolutely kind of an iconic image, I would say. Of course, yeah. For us here yeah, in and, Vegas. And tie, tie into the past. Absolutely, absolutely. He won the Stanley Cup. And and I don't think, I don't know. I You know, sure, the other goaltenders weren't necessarily planning on having to deal with something like this. And, and the Golden Knights, as you said, it's a good problem to have. And it is. But when you talk about Logan Thompson, Adam's right, right? He's not going to stick around, or it was Willie. Willie that said, was Willie. Yeah, it was Willie saying he's not going to yeah. stick around and uh, play second fiddle to anyone, and nor should he. But right Logan now, Thompson's right now he doesn't himself. have a choice, and you have him under a good deal. He makes yep. a million and a half a year. Yep. And uh, to me, this is the smart move. Yeah. Um, one, if you if you have Thompson and Hill around and they're making $6.4 million, you're actually still in really good shape at the goaltending position from a money standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty good combo. And there's nothing wrong with looking at – I know Willie made the point, like, no one wants to sit behind the other, but, you know, good good teams now don't have to have a guy who tries to go out there for 61 games. Yeah. You could do a 40, you know, whatever, 47-35 split or <laughs> something even even more, you know, level. Sure. I was going to see even more even. Um, and they'd be fine with it. And pl- you need goaltender depth anyway, right? How many how many of the goaltenders make it through the entire season completely healthy, especially with the Knights? Are I was going to say, with, with, with the Golden Knights, it's kind of been a, yep. a story since their inception, right, is, is man- managing and juggling, you know, netminders there. Uh, but, but, again, if this comes down to a 1v1 battle of, like, if you have to have one or the other, you, you always roll. I mean, also, not only did he win a Stanley Cup and, and do what he did, Aiden Hill was – in serious contention, and there's a lot of people out there right now nodding in agreement that he could have been and should have been the Conn Smythe winner, right? So not only was he the Stanley Cup champion, the netminder behind the Vegas Golden Knights, he was an integral part of that cup run. He's proven himself. He's deserved to be the starter, and he deserves that $5 million for two years. Coming up next, R.J. Clifford is in. He does a Raiders podcast, the Autumn Windbag, so we'll talk about the Raiders offseason. One of the annoying deals just got kind of wrapped up with Devontae Adams not being charged in that Kansas City incident where he pushed a guy to the ground. Cofield and Company will be right back. Keep it here on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 a.m. and 100.9 FM. You know, there's things last year, and while learning a new system and trying to go through certain situations and philosophies and all this kind of stuff where I don't think that they got the best version of me because there was so much going on, and I didn't really settle, sit it down and just make it football again. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio, studio. on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, let's do it. Bringing the gang back together. Although we all are a little bit different generation on SiriusXM on the Combat Channel. Ryan was becoming uh, a lot bigger on the channel when I was moving out. R.J. Clifford's been there forever. R.J. Clifford is with us, former MMA fighter. He's a Raiders expert with his Autumn Windbags podcast, and he's around the UFC all the time, and he does uh, MMA talk on SiriusXM. R.J. 
What's going on, boys? Yeah, we're like the uh, like Patriots West with the Raiders. I mean, the Steve Bofield <laughs> coaching tree is alive and well coming oh, back here. Let's not do that. <laughs> last week, uh, last week Adam Hill was uh, he was taking. We have another uh, prize prospect who's moved on to really good things. John Von Tobel on Visa, and, and Adam Hill was like, "That's that's my tree. That's my tree." I'm like, "What do you mean that's your tree?" <laughs> the, the coaches are fighting. I love it. <laughs> the coach, yeah. the, uh, the assistant head coach and the head coach. There's a running bit on MMA today. Like every single like a uh, co-host of mine has gone on to just like amazing things. Like AJ Hawk is now doing, uh, uh, doing his thing over there. Yeah, and you've McAfee. got like Michael Bisbin calling UFC fights. You've got Dean Thomas now in the coaching role. Like all you got to do is coach, just host with me and your career will take off. Mine will always stay exactly where it is. I'm never going anywhere, <laughs> but all you gotta do is be in my vicinity and you're taking off. Which is not true. He's, he's a wonderful a, broadcaster. He's a giver. He's a giver. Steve. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, it is kind of your job when you're the traditional broadcaster, when people come yeah. in, to try to make them better. And frankly, if they're around for too long, then you probably fail them. You know what I mean? They should graduate. They, they should. They should graduate to another level. So yes. you're, uh, if you're not you're, stepping on my head on the way to success. Right? That's on you. Yeah, I'll remember you down the road. Believe me, I have multiple people that I, uh, that I worked with who went on to like really big things. And I'm like, can I get a text back? Ever, please just one guest spot a year just something a little little fist bump. just a just a guest spot that's yeah, a true a, true radio yeah. band right slight there. recognition a high uh, uh so let's talk about the raiders offseason one uh i don't know if you heard the apology coming back that was i thought that was weird from Derek carr now it always depends on what the question was did you as a as a raiders guy as a raiders fan as a raiders podcaster need an apology or an explanation from Derek carr no but it's so par for the course. It's so kind of him. It's kind of like, ah, oh, shucks, I'm doing my best. It's all on me. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of what so many coaches want to hear. I mean, he's a coach's dream. And so he just, he'll say all the right things. Yes, sir. No, sir. Um, hasn't gotten along with his Josh McDaniels for whatever reason. And so that's just kind of his MO. Like, the fans, I think, like, he's the most, he's the most player in football by a lot of different metrics because of just how, you know, he, he played pretty well, but not great. The Raiders defense was atrocious in, se- in the nine seasons he played there. He was he was always getting attacked or always getting uplifted. I guess he's just kind of like, look, I sorry. Like what I'm going to I'm going to say whatever I can to like squelch this animosity. I mean, isn't Carr like at least someone, you know, and I'm not I'm really have no one in mind, but like someone, you know, or some people, you know, who they're able to keep a job. You know, they're, they're slightly above average. I'm not saying we could play quarterback in the NFL. It's an amazing thing, but they're slightly above average. But they do the right thing with management, and then when they move on, they're kind of – you know what I mean? Like, you, you kiss the ring when you need to to make sure that you're still well-regarded. It's really hard to say because I, I would say he's far better than just a, a, just basically above average. I mean, he's third in MVP voting in 2016. He had We all know the story, right? Six different coaches, all different offensive coordinators. Uh, a, a, the best the best defense he had in nine seasons was 20th. So it was so hard to win. Still, he was able to take the team to the playoffs twice. It's it's This is such an intriguing season for the Saints because, like, he holds basically every passing record for the Raiders. And so, like, when he retire, he'll probably be a Raider. He's going to be a Raider for life. He is our guy, right? He is our guy. But we're kind of rooting for him to fail because <laughs> if he succeeds in New Orleans, that means it was the Raiders' fault. That means it was this yeah. organization that was holding him down, not him holding the franchise down. So as much as you, like, are rooting for him to do well, you, you kind of want him to bomb. You kind of want him to fall apart. Be like, yeah, see, he was never really all that good. The Raiders kind of propped him up and not vice versa. Yeah, I mean, are we really – is that where we're at? Is like a Raiders nation is we're, we're, oh. we're looking at, at Derek Carr and not the last, I don't know, 30 years of Raiders football? 
I mean, RJ knows. Raider Nation is so was and is so split on Derek Carr's era, and there's yeah. a lot. There are a lot of Raiders fans who wouldn't mind RJ scenario playing out where the Raiders are just kind of so so, and Derek Carr wins twelve games. Well, I think they well, would. Somebody, I mean, on some level, yeah. RJ isn't. I mean, listen, I I know you. I know what type of fan you are. I I, I feel like that's the camp that you're in. I, I have I have been a car defender. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, pretty hard, right? Yeah, I've been right. I've been pretty high on Derek Carr. He's been handed very very little, and I think he's done as much as possible as he can. Certainly not, you know, the fumbles are just inexcusable. He was a turnover machine in certain seasons, um, but I think he he was under terrible circumstances, and so you kind of like I, I always thought he was the guy. But what do I want more? Him like his ego feeling good and like me being right for nine seasons or thinking that, okay, he was the problem. It's not the Raiders. Like that's as a Raider fan, that's what you want, right? As a Raider fan, you want to say, okay, we got rid of the problem. Now we can start thriving. I I, I would rather be wrong for nine seasons than to say like, okay, oh, he's going to take off and like go to the Super Bowl because in the crappy NFC South and be able to like do great things. Like you're just torn. Like, as I, it's, 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 you're right. Like, it's been 20, 20 years of an aptitude for right. the Raiders. You're torn. Too. You're torn because you, like a lot of Raiders fans, RJ, are completely delusional. Do you know what I mean? Well, of, cor- I, of course del- it's the Raiders Delusional fault. isn't accurate. Sociopath, I think, is better, more accurate, <laughs> much more accurate. I would rather see the human being in Derek Carr fail, the man who's a great father, husband, good in the community, to fall on his face if that means the – abstract Raider organization is thriving. Sure, but in all seriousness, I mean, accountability is everything, right? And that's the only way things are going to change. So if, if Carr does, you know, go down to New Orleans, puts on 12 wins, then that is going to force the Raiders to take a harder look at themselves. And that is the only way things get better is through accountability. And I, you know, very much, I would say, from the outside looking in, obviously I'm not uh, on these shows all the time and, and speaking with the front office and speaking with the players like an Adam Hill or a Willie or a Steve, right? Right. But but the accountability and the lack thereof for me has been the story of the Raiders for years and years and years and years. So me for me, I'm rooting for Derek Carr from that standpoint, because I want to see Las Vegas get better. And accountability, again, I feel like is everything. I think that's something that Raider Nation will discuss. I think that's something that will be discussed on this show, on my show, all over the place. But I don't think that's something I think I don't think that's going to matter to the one person it matters to. And that's the owner of the Raiders, Mark right, Davis. Right. I think he's all in on Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler. I he I don't think he liked Derek Carr for years. I think he was happy to get rid of him, move on. I, I don't think what happens in New Orleans is going to matter to him. I, I really don't think so. He's he's made up his mind. This is what we're doing. He's gone. He's out of sight, out of mind. I It'll matter to us. I don't think it's going to matter to him. I really don't. RJ Clifford is up on ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and company here on this Monday. Ryan McKinnell's in as the company. So, uh, the Devontae Adams thing has been put to bed. What was your initial reaction to Adams coming off the field, pushing a dude to the ground, then the stories come out, you know, Kansas City fans just annihilated Adams, and then the guy was going to sue, and now everything's been dropped. It's great, right? When Kansas City fans clutch their pearls, Mm -hmm. like their sensitive Mm -hmm. constitutions, they're just so (laughs) distraught with all the players and all the legal problems that they've had on their roster, and you get one little shove from Devontae Adams. Look, uh, we, we, we knew what this was, right? This guy is going to be rich. This guy, I, I work in television production. To be that dumb, to have cable in your hands and to run across a tunnel with 230-plus pound athletes running in there angry after losing by a point to their rival, that's on you. But in the society that we live in, you get pushed. He's getting sued. 
we all kind of knew Devontae Adams was going to face any real legal problems. This will be a civil case. If, 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 if there's any lesson here at all, boys, if there's any lesson here at all, if you see pissed off millionaires running around, try to get in front of them on camera. Oh, yeah. Could get rich. I mean, that's why I'm still in combat sports media. I'm still waiting for Conor McGregor to take a swing at me. And I'll tell you what, as the weeks and months go by, I feel better and better about the chances of that happening. You know when I knew it is, was— Is that why all MMA media is rooting for Conor versus Khabib, too? Oh, absolutely. So there can be another brawl, and yeah. they can get, like, their face in the way of, a, like, an, in a an riot somewhere. Yeah, just let, me, just, let me, guys, just let me stick an arm in a riot. Were you guys both there? Yeah, I was. I'm Were you on sure the floor, RJ? RJ? I was backstage. Okay, you I know, was Bird's Nest, uh, very top of T-Mobile. So you know what's funny about chaos. that? I'm I haven't been around you know as much uh, ringside, and we had who the hell do we have on? Oh, we had Brittany Palmer on, right? We had Brittany Palmer on at a live show over at Ellis Island, and I was asking her what her most memorable moment was, uh, cage side. And she was like, "Oh yeah, the brawl." One hundred. Like, oh yeah, that's right. That for me, that I I had the really? Bird's Nest. Oh, I was yeah. I was at the very top of T-Mobile, yeah. so I saw everything happen, and then I saw when. When Khabib leapt out of the cage and tried to foot stomp Dylan Dennis, I saw all the rich people in the first five rows hmm. push to the back, right? Yeah, like yeah. the seas parted and all the Metro cops and all of the security came in. So it was like, if you ever seen like a wall of death, at like a metal show or like a, you know, like a heavy metal show or like a big mosh pit, that's what it looked like. And then you have the realization as a professional, oh my God, this is a riot between Conor McGregor, Khabib Nurmagomedov and the Las Vegas Metro police. I mean, that is top five most, I mean, it's number one, the yeah. most memorable moment of me ever covering covering a live event for for well, the it was a, it was a it was a over million by pay-per-view yeah, with the biggest star in MMA history, second yep. biggest star in combat sports history versus the undefeated goat at lightweight, the animosity between them, T-Mobile. I mean you and then you add that on top of it, like it was going to be a memorable memorable night night no matter what. And yeah. then you take the closest thing to like a legitimate brawl like we've seen in the UFC. Special, special, yeah, special, special, special. I, 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 I feared for my life. I feared for my life. No, in all seriousness, go back to Devontae Adams, bro. That's when I knew it was a wrap for Devontae and something was going to get settled out of court, right? When that, when that photographer or that, that, uh, production, uh, uh, employee said that he feared for his life. Very yeah, reminiscent yeah. of the Gwyneth yeah. Paltrow. Oh, we're doing uh, it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The Gwyneth Paltrow ski incident from a couple months back, where where the fellow said that he feared for his life. Those are the magic words, man. All you got to do is say. I, I, just, it. Hope, I, I just feared hope for my life. I just hope he shows up in court with one of those neck braces, <laughs> a wheelchair, maybe sunglasses. Like he went blind because the shove was so hard. Like I want him. If you're doing this, you go all in. You don't do do like a wink, wink, nod, nod. You say like, look, I have, uh, you know. Decelophilioma. Like, what's the one you get from like breathing in bad? Meso, like, meso, mesothelioma. Mesothelioma. Like, he needs to claim he's got everything because Devontae Adams gave him a love tap. RJ Clifford's with us, uh, MMA expert. RJ, do you know off the top of your head? Because I know McKinnell does. What are you guys uh, working on uh, for Fight Week? What do you guys broadcast? I know you have a whole crew out here, right? In Vegas? Yeah, it's rare that we get the whole uh, Sirius XM Fight Nation crew on the, out in the yeah, road. We'll be broadcasting from UFCX, the convention center. Um, I believe it's 6th, 7th, and 8th. The Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Nice. And so it'll be all our regular shows starting at 9 a.m. on Thursday, basically throughout Friday, or Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, come by, say hi. We'll be on Sirius X and Fight Nation, Channel 136 if you can't. And uh, I'll be there. Ryan will be there. The whole crew will be there. Maybe maybe even a special showing from Cofield. I will. If, if, there's, time. We'll if there's dinner to be had, yes, I'll be there. Oh, that would be um, amazing. Perfect. So over the weekend, I saw Dana White wearing a mock-up Zuck Musk <laughs> It was actually Zuckerberg Musk fight T-shirt. Where are you 
on this one because uh, McKinnell and I laughed and laughed and laughed about it for about 15 minutes on Friday's show. I am trying to will this into existence as right. much as yeah, possible. Yeah. Like what, Whatever it takes to make this happen, I am in. I, there's a petition I can sign. Do I need to start retweeting you know, Musk stuff? Do I need to get back on Facebook just to get Zuckerberg out there? I mean, just think of the lunacy of this, right? You got, I use the example all the time. Like when CM Punk, you know, the pro wrestler made his UFC, de- UFC debut, and everyone's like, oh, man, like how brave of him to like actually fight. Like that, that's so like, you know, I mean, he can't fight, but he's really putting his money where his mouth is. How brave. It's like for a million dollars, I don't know a single person that wouldn't fight Mickey Gall for a million dollars. Like he's just, it's just bought and paid for. And I was like, look, the only exceptions are like billionaires. Like they'll never fight because the money's nothing to them. And then you've got two of the richest people in the world flexing at each other. If there's a 1% chance this can happen, please let it happen. You got... You got Musk just being all like all big and oafy. You got Zuckerberg who's got like 13 jujitsu lessons. So he thinks he's, you know, he's Hicks and Gracie now. Like this is too perfect. Like let him fumble around. I can't wait. On the Musk side, I know he loves attention. I know he loves adulation. I know he loves hatred. He probably should listen to Mark Zuckerberg just talking about the kind of fighting he likes. Let's fire this bite. I like jujitsu. I also really like MMA. And I think my style, I'm probably more pressure, and I'd, I'd probably rather be the top player. But you're basically like a Habib Nurmagomedov type of fighter. So what's your favorite submission? A back take to a rear naked choke. Okay, I think it's like the clean, big, clean way to go. All right. That's, that's Inter- interview guy in the middle that's, there. That's AI, right? That's that's what, that, that. Wasn't, that, wasn't, that wasn't real. That was that, artificial that was, intelligence. That was really Zuckerberg. I mean, uh, again, this is part of the hype for the fight, RJ. He, he does have some fight experience. If you are doing jujitsu, you should be able to take a 51-year-old who appears to be about 240 pounds, out pretty easily, no? There is nothing, believe me, gentlemen, that gives you more of an undeserved sense of being able to fight than a couple jujitsu lessons. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right, like, all right. Nothing makes oh, you think so you can true. fight more than, like, getting your second stripe on your white belt. Because you're like, like look, I'll, I'll do it. Like, I'm a brown belt in jujitsu. I'm not knocking jujitsu. I love all grappling. Jujitsu is awesome. I devoted 10 years of my life. I'm still, still do it, right? Jujitsu is amazing. It's effective. Great. <laughs> but when you've just got like a, you've only got a few months of it and you get like your first two or three rear naked chokes against a couple other dudes who, let's be honest, you're a billionaire. They're there for a reason. That's to oh. make you look good. You're flexing. Like you think you're king of the hill, man. You're like, oh yeah, I, I'm so good. I'm, I'm, I'm so tough. I'm so good at fighting. All I need is to be on a padded mat, starting on the ground. You can't punch. You can't elbow. You can't kick. And then um, I'll get a rear naked choke, and I'm going. Like, you know, it makes you feel like you can fight when really you can't. RJ, <laughs> RJ, the CM Punk. I, you brought up CM Punk, and I, I'll never forget that that whole lead up to his debut and us trying so hard. You know, you're a welterweight. Punk was a welterweight. I mean, we we lobbied hard for you to get that fight, and I'll stand yeah. on my till the day I die. You uh, should have been his first opponent. But but as we transition to Musk and Zuckerberg, both of these guys they hate the media, right? They loathe the media, especially Elon Musk. Always has comments. Why not me? Why not me? Like, what would be a better attraction, media versus billionaire? Put me in the cage. Can you lobby for me, RJ? How do you think I would do against an Elon Musk? About the same weight. <laughs> exactly. About the same weight. Yeah. Similar age. Yeah. Big Max come. Big age, Max right? come yeah, well, he's down. Got, he's got what? Ten years on you? Something like that. He's uh, he's yeah. fifty one. I've you know of all the years I've known you, Ryan, we've never been in a street fight or scuffle or anything close together. Like not even like yeah. I've never seen you hit a bag. Like I got n- I can't believe. You're the only buddy I've had for that long where I have no clue. 
That's funny. Zero because, yeah, it's because I keep them guessing. Well, it's funny because uh, yeah. another, uh, we'll say, Zoftig uh, media member was a media member. I think it was, RJ, was it you and Greg Savage at a bar in New York? And I, you guys were horsing around, and then all of a sudden it got serious. No. You don't remember that? I, it was you, and it was Savage. I'm telling you, you guys, you guys may have been okay. you know, such good friends that you got over it in like five seconds, because that's what happened. Yeah. It like ended immediately. Okay. There was some horseplay, and someone got thrown, and then it was like a lockup, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, and see, and see, RJ forgets a lot, because he's done that with me before. Get oh, a little, get a little too much you know, liquid courage in him, and he grabs you up a little too tight, gets you your back. and well, He's also done it for real, so there might be a little well, yeah. head trauma. Yeah, yeah well, true. I, I get a bottle of 80 proof in me, and then like the engine's <laughs> running, but no one's behind the wheel, Right. you know? He gets so very I grabby. Think it was very handsy. one of those situations. Yeah. All right, buddy. We appreciate it. Tell people in the Vegas audience uh, where, because you guys are trucking along with the uh, Windbags podcast, where they can find it. Uh, well, ever or wherever you find your favorite podcast, we are the Autumn Windbags, also on um, uh, YouTube as well, all, all over the social medias, of course. And then come out and check out uh, UFCX next weekend yeah. during. Uh, international fight. We go see Ryan, me, and uh, we'll have a spread. The finest uh, surf and turf to make sure we get Cofield to show up yes, for, uh, for a segment. Keep it locked right here. Cofield and company will return in minutes on ESPN Las Vegas. You're listening to Cofield and company on ESPN Las Vegas. Rolling on. Ryan McKinnell is in hosting today. ESPN Las Vegas. Reno Hours coming up in just a couple minutes. Ari's here as well. I don't know how much you got to see all the Zion Williamson stuff where he announces he's having a kid, then he's he was doinking someone else. She's like, what the blank? And then that lady's just gone off the deep end, just trying to contact him over and over and over and over again. But that, those were the circles he was rolling in. Stephen A. tried to address this topic. Basically, the topic is why do athletes, and in this case an NBA player, why are they so attracted to you know a media influencer? a stripper, uh, an adult film star. Here's Stephen A. as he tries to parse through this. There are people essentially asking the question as to why players date women of that ilk as opposed to women out there doing other professional things as opposed to being an adult film star or a stripper. And, and the answer was to me was that men are visual creatures. We don't give a damn what forum you're in. We covet what we see. And if we like what we see enough, don't abandon me, fellas. Guys turning their head being scared. Don't don't desert me now. It's the truth. All the guys in the studio are like, okay, we have women around here. Maybe this is going to insult them. <laughs> Keep going, Stephen A. But then a former NBA star whose name happens to be Gilbert Arenas. Think about the, the, other, the other sex that's free between noon and damn 7 o'clock. Strippers, girls, Instagram models ain't got to do in life, right? All the sophisticated women at work. I mean, from a convenience standpoint, he, Arenas kind of has a point. Right? I, I mean. I mean, it's about availability, and to Stephen A's point, it, oh, there's is, a visual nature to it. And, is it? Is it about availability? How about this about $300 million max Well, contracts? that too, the attraction from the other side, but for yeah. guys. But the problem is, I think. 
he went into this thinking, hey, no strings attached, and there's always strings there's attached. There's always, especially in the social media age. Magic Johnson had sex with sex workers, executives, women he of the ne- night, he, he yeah, never servers, yeah. uh, Perkins, Flo, Perkins waitress, Tiger Woods. There's yeah. no there's Do no it. limit. She was the there's, hottest one. There's no, there's no cap on this. There's no rhyme or reason. Now, yeah. the, I mean, the, the I mean, absolutely, Stephen A saying we're visual creatures. He's absolutely correct about that. Everything else, it was Stephen A doing his thing. 364-1100-364-1100, caller 7. Qualify to win tickets to the Aviators and also have a shot at winning our weekly Lotus Summer of Fun Grand Prize. This week's trip is five days in Maui, $1,500 cash, or you can take $3,000 cash. Take the trip or take the cash. It's the Summer of Fun, 364-1100, caller 7.